You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this this is Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. The Bourdain uh, edition. Uh, I, it's the Bourdain edition, correct? Although uh, hopefully less morbid. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Uh, and I'm broadcasting uh, uh, from Homer, Alaska. That's why this is the Bourdain edition. Uh, mm. I have a tanker. Uh, I would say... Well, to be honest, it's got to be so big that I can't it, – it looks big from where I am, but it's still probably a mile away off in the ocean to my you right. see the ocean from where you are? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, Tom, since you muted me on Instagram, you missed the best shit. <laughs> you missed the best shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I'm on the – if I walk forward, I fall off a cliff. That's wow. true. It's cool. So – what what was the push that finally got the perma mute? Was it when you were when we were trying to schedule things yesterday and Pat didn't answer, but then went live with Eric? Uh, oh no, no. This, I think the perma mute when he was singing cheerleader oh. into the microphone that we had for the podcast. Then <laughs> I was like, I can't watch my friend like disintegrate like this. I liked <laughs> I liked the, the singing days. I liked the uh, uh, I liked the singing. Days. I'll be your Tennessee lamb. I was just like, I don't know what to think about this. And then it was like when it got like birds and just like hot takes and him opening stuff from Amazon. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm out. Like I think I'm out. Good it. material, man. I mean, I, I like things, but maybe you know. It's a lot of birds these days. Lots it's a of lot birds. of birds. Okay, Bob so and I were thinking we were going to do like a week stand in Homer, Alaska, with the podcast. Oh yeah, when can we get that set up? Uh, the friend that I'm staying with has no, uh, no renters uh, lined up. Uh, I don't. Did I tell you that a, a billionaire stayed here recently? Uh, a notable one, like a, a one that we would all recognize. Name brand. Name. I don't want to. I don't want to out him. But no, don't out uh, him. He uh, he Airbnb not you and he left not me and he <laughs> left he left his uh, hunting ID here, uh, but he uh, a, a weird coincidence that it's like you know how many billionaires can you name I can name maybe three right a billionaire and, hunter by the way like yo did you did you anarcho that shit into the ground or what I mean you should have yeah, gone and killed like the most rare thing and then left the ID there just to fuck with him. <laughs> like I killed this marmoset. Here's my ID. Marmoset. Buy his way out of trouble. Everything's for sale here, That's uh, true. including uh, your your COVID tests. Which uh, uh, when you land, they they hit you with a two hundred fifty dollar COVID test. Uh, or you can do as I did and register as non-compliant and just enter the. Data, enter just. the that's the actual terminology. So if for people that are like, uh, hey, your claims that we're living in a dystopia are overstated, I got labeled non-compliant. Yo, <laughs> just say no. Don't That's pay that scary, money. It's a scary term. 
Speaking of things stuff around it, like I went into like the Starbucks in downtown Brooklyn, like when I was in the office the other day, and it was literally like due to government, blah blah blah, masks must be. I'm like, it was I, government mandate or something. I was like, oh, this feels very very like dystopian and gross. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, just just say hey if you'd like to enter, just put a be considerate. Put, put on be a mask. Consider it and wear a mask. Yeah, that's right. Um, yo, so speaking of everything being for sale, let's uh, let's shout out our sponsors. Uh, to live a lie, death wish ink, run for cover, and today's uh, star of the show, closed casket activities. What what can be said about closed casket activities that hasn't um, a label who has been very, very relevant for the past 10 years and who I thought maybe we would have said, oh, you know, like they're moving to a different phase, they're doing different things. And that's certainly true, but somehow they've stayed perhaps even more relevant than they ever were before today. So uh, big shout out to uh, CCA, um, label that we all truly appreciate. Yes. Uh, To show our appreciation, what are we going to do today, guys? We're going (laughs) We're going to buy stuff. Right. I got COVID. Yeah. COVID PK. Dudes be Um, shopping. Dudes be shopping at closedcasketactivities.com. Who wants to kick it off? I'll kick it off. I'll do it. Oh. Oh. Wow. It's a competition. Did Patrick actually prepare for this? He did. He did. Uh, Let's, you know what? In honor of that, let him go first. Actually, yeah, let's let him go first. That's fine. That's fine. Maybe that's Uh, why he was going live with Eric so Eric could like hip him to the new stuff. (laughs) <laughs> i'm only uh, pardon me i i registered as non-compliant now have covid now have opened myself up to a twenty five thousand dollar fine um oh, cool so i'm only buying one thing Publicly because it's an expensive item it is uh the judiciary liberty sweatshirt mm-hmm. uh now judiciary good band uh for the for the purposes of this sweatshirt they also have a very good logo and for the purposes of the sweatshirt, also the art, which I believe is a Caleb Caleb Butcher image. Uh, if I'm if I got that wrong, I apologize to the to the artist, but I think it's a Caleb Butcher image who can be found on Instagram as I think butchered underscore. Uh, okay. Really good artist um, who uh, does collage work. You've seen it. Everybody listening has seen it. Uh, he he does like. Um, you know, like collage has a, has like a naturally anarcho sort of look to it, but there, there's he's done a lot of hardcore metal art, so it's it kind of for the context takes it out of that anarcho feel, and it comes off more like a like a uh, not carcass. I'm trying to think of who who had that art back in the day, but it's it's a at any rate, it's cool is what I'm trying to tell you. Napalm death, uh, yeah, for sure, and. Uh, uh, this sweatshirt is cool. Uh, I would get it in, I guess, a size large because as I, uh, th- this is like what I open up to Bob about is that I don't know what size I am anymore and I'm scared. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Sorry, right. I think you're going to be a large. I think because you 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 want you don't want to be, you don't want to be snug short arm sweatshirt man. No, although I think that's cute if you're like not. F- 57 years old i think that that's like a fun it looks like you're in the movie war games you know right, like i think that's right, cute right. but <clears throat> it's uh not probably a great look for a grown man you start to look like that uh famous image of the older guy in, in screamo attire um right. so so we're gonna add that into the cart very good 35 All right, 35 tom what do you got buddy 
I got two things. I have yes. media and an, an outfit. Or uh, nice. So I'm going to media. I'm going for the Midnight Suns Ludomania record. Oh, nice. Clear with Red Smoke. I feel like this kind of – this record's good. It's like good, fast, punk hardcore that I think uh, – yeah, kind of. It, 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 it. You know what? It's they didn't so play much, and and I don't all think the dudes were in other bands. And I mean, I get it. Right. I think it was one of those things. Like, hey, we got these songs. We're we're doing different bands. Maybe they don't fit anywhere else, but but like we kind of like this shit too. Um. Yeah, and it's all about gambling. And and by the way, album art fantastic, fantastic. And really Ludomania cool. is the diagnosis of having a gambling um disease. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm being addicted to gambling. And my second thing, um, because number one, we're going to be locked in forever with everything is going. (laughs) Um, And I also have these personally. I'm going to go for the Vane.fm, the Doom Sweats, because I have the Doom Sweats and I will have them for the next month. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough month. I have the Doom Sweats, so I might as well have something that I can wear with them. The Vein.fm Doom Sweats. I grabbed those. Very good. Thank you very much. Got them. Got them. You know what I'm grabbing? It's kind of a simple one, but uh, it's one of my favorite, more recent um, images that uh, that CCA and Co. put together. Um, The Gulch Bullet Circle T, because it merges the Gulch logo along with the infamous bullet circle by closed casket. So kind of puts those, and I kind of like when you get that jam up two things together. Um, I've been really, I've been doing some work going backwards and kind of re re listening to records that have come out over the past couple of years. Uh, the take offense LP that came out last year, the Gulch LP that came out this year, the drain LP that came out this year, even though it feels like it's so insane. 1000 years ago, we've had some good music these past few years. So we're going to, we're going to maybe, maybe we'll do a revisit journey in the next couple of weeks here. Yes. Um, but, but I'm throwing that Gulch bullet circle T in. I am going to update our cart. We're going to check out. We're doing really well. We're, we're going to enter a promo code. Tom, Tom what, what promo code are we going to enter in? That would be Axe to Grind. And Patrick, what do you have to do with that? Spell it out. Boom. Saves a little money. Feeling really good. And thank you to Close Casket Activities for putting out so much cool shit. Um, yeah, so so we have, uh, we have a couple cool activities planned for today before we get into it how are you guys doing how's it feeling it's weird <laughs> we haven't recorded since the president got oh it. yeah killed, president killed, yeah. like killer disease um yeah got it or didn't get it tom i'm Ooh. saying he got it and he's lying his fucking face off because the presidency is the only thing that's keeping his ass out of jail mm. see okay Listen, you and my father should get together on this conspiracy that he'll ever, ever, ever even step foot in a jail. You don't but think there's going to be some kind of prosecution against him and his family? I think they'll pursue an indictment and drop it. Uh, I think that he can wait it out financially and they will. Here's my here's not my suspicion. Here's my absolute belief that there is enough people who even hate Trump who have an interest in maintaining the esteem of the position of president that they do not want a former president rotting in jail, no matter how badly they hate this guy. 
I don't know. So, the respect might be dead. But anyway, all right. Let's that, well, I mean, among among us and our listeners, I have no doubt. But but I think that there's enough, you know, enough power brokers out there that are like, yeah, we can't have the fucking president sitting in in a fucking can. You know, people were not so, mad that he was he w- could potentially die. Like that was like the. But that's that's actually room that the, that's yo, better for in. maintaining the look that we live in in uh, like the most advanced country in the world that's a better look than spoiler alert we don't (laughs) well it's a better look though true so i don't i don't think that he fears jail the way that people presume that he does don't get me wrong i think he'll be embarrassed i think that there will be a a, some embarrassment going on but i i I don't think that the you know the the quote-unquote best case scenario will will come to pass um yeah but uh I don't understand anything if this fucking old man got over COVID in two days. Like, I literally don't understand anything. Well, that's the thing. I don't think he really – there's so much kind of sleight of hand that's going on. Oh, yeah. That, like, if he did, wouldn't you be like, yo, I would take a fucking – you could fucking stick a Q-tip up my nose on national TV if I could be like, fuck you, assholes. I had it, and I beat it, and I'm good. Like, But you're like, well, when was the last time you tested negative? Let's not talk about the pet. Like it's just so fucking like <laughs> he's so like a cheating like, boyfriend. Yeah, it's, it's like so much bullshit sleight of hand that I think like there's so much on the line for that side that they're like, yo, like you know, I guarantee you, like Lindsey Graham probably has that shit. That dude refuses to get tested because right. he knows if he comes up positive, they can't go through with the vote on on the Supreme Court judge. Like it, there's so much bullshit, and like no one knows what to believe anymore. At least there was some modicum of like. Monica of like, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 16 years ago, you go like, eh, I, I kind of believe this. Maybe this is like, I literally have no idea what's real. Like, yeah, I not exist in the way that it used to. No, that's true. It's fucking crazy. But can we talk about a nice thing? Sure. I have like a nice thing. Um, so some folks from Denver that are listeners of the podcast um, we had talked about that uh, Port- Portland, Portugal, Portland Mutual Aid last week, mm-hmm. um, and some folks from Denver reached out to them and are starting their own and getting some advice to start their own in Denver. So, shout oh, out great. to those, uh, fellas! I think that's really fun, cool, and thanks for to Greg for um, answering all their questions. So, I thought I was yeah, pretty as, as we've discussed, as we've discussed, we have differing political views on this podcast to a degree, but one thing that we all I think agree on is uh, we cannot rely on the government to which we pay huge tax burdens to take care of us at this time. So uh, those of you that are interested in helping your fellow man, uh, it might, it might come through uh, some of these self-organized efforts. So uh, kudos to them. What do we say? What do we say? Do for self. Do for self. There we go. Um, What does that mean? (laughs) do for self do for self uh we can't rely on on the 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 these uh bullshit systems that are around us um all right yeah that's the opposite of what (laughs) well no he said we 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 can't rely on those systems we got to build our own yeah so uh yo um how about instead of all this shit let's play a game oh i love a game patrick are you ready to enter the gauntlet I'm here. Welcome to round one of the gauntlet name game. You are up. Uh, we have a player. A player one has entered the recording. Do you see? Ready, player one. Do you see? What do we got? Uh, I, I see introduce a, I, you to Brian Murray. 
What's uh, up? I'm going to smoke Brian Murray at whatever the fuck this game is. Oh, you wish. Unless you wish. The, unless this game is is eating ice cream, I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> wow. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I haven't talked to you. Uh, I'm okay. You know, just chilling. Are you ready for Patrick to re-enter LA lifestyle? Yeah, I can't wait for him to live in a gray apartment uh, like everyone else in LA. <laughs> Yo, Brian Brian is not kidding. Every single apartment in Los Angeles looks exactly the same. Like to a de- to a degree that I think that if you were an aesthetic person, you would find it very depressing. Oh, oh yeah, they need to figure that out. Um so to get to the meat of today's reason for Brian being on, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Brian. Uh, of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're going to play the name game. Now, the reason, and, and Brian, I'm going to give you, because you weren't super familiar, so no worries. Um, the name game is a game that we've played a few times so far. Tom, what's what's your record? Oh, I mean, I don't even know if Patrick's familiar with this game because I've whipped his ass every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, you're undefeated. I, 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 you're undefeated. I'm undefeated by a long, like, it's, like, embarrassing. All right, let's not over. Let's not over. <laughs> but but so Patrick is the lower seed, and you know what? I, I've I have some other people who are who are already booked to play. Um, but as Tom uh, Tom got a chance to ask, he's like, "Who's my opponent?" I'm like, "I can't tell you." He's like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be somebody really good." I was like, "No, you're the top seed." Now he's not going to have a jabroni. I, I'm only pricking a level talent. But I said, "Yo, I think Brian Murray could could give Pat a run for his money here." So. The way the game works, just to spell it out for everybody who's listening and our player one here, I'm going to, me and Tom, I've given Tom some of the, na- the, the, the clues since he's not participating in this round, are going to read clues. The way it works are two band names that either end or can connect. The bands don't have to be related any other way. The example I often give is Youth of Today is the Day. Youth of today, today's the day. Otherwise, completely unrelated in the general hardcore punk adjacent world. So we can use those two bands, combine them with the word today. Your job is to, to identify what are the two bands that uh, connect. So um, with that said, I think that Patrick should go first. So you can kind of see how that works. Does that make sense, Brian? Yeah, that's no, right. cool. And today we're playing a best of 11, which means the first person to su- six correct answers wins. Okay? Got it. Pa- Patrick, you it. ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, I just I just woke up, but no excuses. Let's go. Uh, oh, already planting the seeds of death. Oh, you know, okay. it's funny, though, because Brian doesn't live on the same coast as you are on right now. He does not, technically. He is an hour ahead of me. Yes, that's true. Oh, oh. oh I thought California and Alaska shared a time... Only no, I'm the four, I'm four uh, hours off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four hours. Uh, wow. All right, PK. I'm gonna Tom. I'm gonna start. You'll read the next. Sure. Um, and you can pick any of the questions you got. Yep. Patrick, the first band clue is punk in Drublick. The second is bondage up yours. Do you need <sighs> help? Yeah. You need the second set of clues. Okay. The second set of clues oh, is. <laughs> That's and, embarrassing. And got, by the way, Brian, you can steal this. So if Pat can't get it. He's not stealing shit. Just talk. Okay. The, the first, the name of the singer for the first, for band number one, Michael John Burkett is the uh, birth name 
of the singer for this California band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the birth name of this UK band is Marion Joan Elliott Said. And we're counting. Um, again, okay, sorry. Give me the second clue, the first, the first round, Michael, the second clue. Michael John Burkett sings for this California band. No, no, no. I'm sorry. What I meant was the first round of clues, if you could yes. give me the second okay, part uh, of that. Bondage up yours. So, nine. If I uh, hold on, seven, six, oh man, five, four, three, two, one. Final answer, PK. What do you got? I don't got it. Okay. Brian, no effects ray specs. Boom. Fuck. Uh, you might have known had I said Fat Mike and Polystyrene, but we went. No, I, a Fat Mike I got. I yeah. watched him on somebody's uh, Instagram story, still dressed like Fat Mike. I actually meant to bring this to our attention. Do you think Fat Mike enjoys dressing like Fat Mike? Yes or no? <laughs> uh, fuck, no. He's pretty sloppy, right? Yeah, but he like wear Tom. He wears like uh, like those pants that like uh, like you know, that, pants. That, yeah, but like the red ones, you know what I'm saying? Like the plaid. Like you, you literally only wear them yeah, if you've bad. been into punk f- for like six and a half weeks, you know. And you yeah. you still have two years of high school to complete. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, bad. Um, no, he does not. But it's subconscious. He does it because it's all he knows. But like, I have a feeling Fat Mike just hates his life at this point. He might be rich. As, I, I mean, he is rich as fuck. Rich as fuck. But like, uh, I don't know if that cures it. All right. So so the first question goes to Brian. He steals it. He's up 1-0. And, Brian, you get this question. So, Tom, take it away. All right. Brian, here's your question. The English Riot Girl Band, and then the the second band clue, is the Michigan EVR Band. So the first clue, the first band, is the English Riot Girl Band. Second band clue, the Michigan EVR Band. Uh, Huggy Bear vs. Shark. Fuck PK, what do you, you got? Yo, that was, this was a setup because we found the only Huggy Bear fan in the straight up fucking world. By the way, Brian, uh, that was a very arbitrary uh, pick here. All right. <laughs> very, 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 very. All right. I've um, been set up. I can tell. Tom, take the next question for Pat. I'm going to take the next one for Pat. Okay. Okay. First clue, first band Dallas based Thrash Kings. Second clue for the second band, Long Island hardcore band whose members went on to Glassjaw. Again, Dallas-based Thrash Kings and Long Island hardcore band whose members went on to Glassjaw. At least one member. Um, Okay, hold on. He's doing good because if you notice, Brian, he's got some strategy here. He's not giving you that first band name. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Smart. Uh, Yeah, he's Googling it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to start the countdown. Would would you like the second set of clues? Yeah, please. Okay. The second set of clues released Nightmare Logic on Southern Lord in 2017. Okay. This one I already got. That's not the problem. (laughs) Released Some Part Sorrow on Exit Records in 1996. Oh, sorry. Okay, oh. yeah. Um, uh, power trip phase. Ding, ding, there you ding, go. ding, ding. Very good, Patrick. All right. All right. Brian, one. And now, two, one. 
man, you, he, you know what? Let's let's say that Pat likes to play from behind. Okay, I do. I, do. I, need, I need to be the underdog. That's it. First band clue, Brian. Albany yeah. Albany Stage Dive Kings of the nineties. Second band, first clue. SoCal's not Rage Against the Machine of oh. the nineties. Why are we just giving them these? <laughs> that, not everyone is from born in Albany in 1983. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I was just really kind to you. And was, yes, yeah, no, you were born in, born in Albany in 1983. No, he was born in Florida in 1964. <laughs> Hold on, let me get these. Let me get okay. those clues again. First band clue: Albany Stage Dive Kings of the 90s. Second band first clue: SoCal's not Rage Against the Machine oh. of the 90s. All right. All right, I got and it now. You got it? Yeah. Uh, one King downset. Boom. Good job. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to feed him these easy ones because he's new. <laughs> he's new. All right, PK, you're up. I'm going to give this to you. And then, Tom, you're going to do Brian. Sure. Blake's band that released Dear You. Second band, Clue. Short-lived Bay Area straight edge band from 2001. I have a second set of clues. Do you want the second set of clues? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. Yo, Brian's straight up laughing at you. Um, first, he's, he's never going to get it. So, yeah, no, no, no. First, Is this jawbreaker breaker? Yes, you breaker. got it. Very go. good. I was really proud of the uh, also a great teen movie about jawbreaker. And then the second breaker breaker clue was something you say to a trucker or a Chuck Norris movie from 1977. <laughs> Do you want to hear how bad I am at these like th- these timed things? I could not think of the band Jawbreaker. Wow. <laughs> I think there is something to the timing that really throws you off. Um, I, I mean, straight up, I, we, I went to a trivia night here in Homer, Alaska. Came in second to the guy who wins every single week. Uh, killed it. Killed it otherwise. But uh, – I think it's this something about the pressure. I got to be better under pressure. I got to yeah, take some do. John Wick style training. Let's fucking get it. <laughs> uh, Tom, you're up. Current score, Brian three, Patrick two. PK, I just want you to know you had the upper hand and gave away home court advantage here. True. So, so all right. P, uh, Tom. Th- thank you for that reminder. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> hey, man, we're, we're rooting for you. Tom, This. All right. you, you're reading to Brian and then you're going to read one for Pat. Got it. All right, Brian. The first clue. Europe's most straight edge band hailing from the Netherlands. The second band clue, not quite Richmond VA's most melodic, but pretty melodic. So it's Europe's most straight edge band hailing from the Netherlands. Not quite Richmond's most melodic, but pretty melodic. I might actually need the second set of clues. Sure. Okay. The uh, first band, second clue, shares members with Das Oath. Reaching forward and cold turkey. The second uh, band, second clue, shares members with Count Me Out, Inquisition, and Liars Academy. That is no help. <laughs> it's a might tough help. one. This, uh, is, this might be one of the toughest ones on here. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I think this I, one. Uh, if you can get the second band first, would you like a uh, Patrick? How close are you on this? Um, 
I think I've got the second one. I okay, hold on. Then, I'm then. still still lost on that first. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go. We'll start the countdown. Um, if you guys both agreed, I could give a bonus third question clue set. These not if it's like those goddamn ones that are so easy that you. <laughs> I could give you the, the, the record answer. labels that uh, that that are most associated with each band. I mean, I'm sure I, I think I could already answer the first. I think I can answer the first one. Can't tell you the band name. Can, can't okay, tell sure, you sure. the second Well, you got to think label. about it. Dude, th- this is the name connection. All right, we're going to start the countdown for Brian. No additional clues. Ten. Nine. I mean, you can skip. All I, right, I skip. Have He's out. Idea. He's tapping. Patrick, what is it? I don't know the first one. We'll say the second one. Is the second one permanent? No. no. Oh, you're out. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is now just for pride. Yeah, ju- just for fun. Just for fun. Um, uh, uh, fuck. What is the Richmond thing? It's 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 uh, all right. It's not permanent. It's the band that would often play with them. Is that correct? No, you're wrong. Um, yo, fuck. here, here. Let me give you this. Is permanent Jade, actually from Richmond? Or yes, is there? No, they're from like Virginia Beach. No, oh, they're you know, they're half from Virginia Beach and half from Richmond, and I think they all lived in Richmond. Um, the. Uh, Brian, you. This is a pride pick. It's a '90s Crucial Response Records band. He uh, should know this. This he is might his not. Lane. I don't think it is though. You you confuse. I don't think if you are not under a lane. certain age lane line, you don't even know this shit. Um, '90s Crucial Response Records, and then the Richmond band is early 2000s Jade Tree Records, who went on to other shit, other labels. Right, Bridge Nine. Yes, maybe Epitaph in there. Yeah, I, don't I know. think so. The answer is oh, uh, main strike anywhere. Boom, yeah, very good. Good pride pick. No points, yeah. but not, good pride not pick. The main strike part, I was wrong. No, I wasn't even thinking about main strike. Yeah, but they are the most straight edge band from Europe. If I'd put the '90s, I think it might have helped a little bit. Okay, uh, no points awarded. Patrick, you have a chance to tie it up. Tom, it's it's three it. two. It is three to two. All right, here we go. Patrick, you ready? Yeah. Oh yeah. First clue for the first band, Daryl Cahan. Sang for this ABC No Rio New York hardcore band. Armand, the second clue for the second band. Armand from Sick of It All sang for this band. Okay. Would you like the second set of clues? Yeah, give them to me. Okay. First clue, second uh, second round. First clue, first band, yeah. First, yeah. Second clue, first band, sorry. That's right. Their seven inch starts with the song Serve and Protect. And then second clue, second band, their LP starts with old gray mare stomp into stark raving nude. Yeah, no, no. I got the second. Um, say, say that first one again. The, the first. Uh, the no, first. no the, 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 the second second set of clues. First one, please. Their seven inch starts with the song serve and protect. You definitely like this band. Yeah, I do. I I I, I weirdly blank. ABC No Rio New York hardcore band. Daryl Kahan sang for them. Ten. Nine. Why can't I not eight. put it together? This the, the second one I know no problem. What is the fucking um Six, five, fuck, why can't I put it together? Four. Three. Brian, you got two, this one? No. One. Really? Good. Okay. <laughs> There's seven inches called a light in the darkness. 
Oh man, somebody's shouting at the. Somebody's shouting at the stereo. <laughs> I'm uh, listen. I'm Tom, shouting what, at my. What are they I'm shouting, shouting at, at my myself right now. Hold on. Right hold on. Now. Oh. Uh, uh, this is now a pride pick. You, you've yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Armand, Craig ahead, Rob from Helmet. I think he has that part. It's the first band he can't get right. Like would play with like Go and like yeah. Rorschach. They're, they've played shows recently. Uh, did an LP called Colossus. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but now I'm now I'm totally you're confused. You're blanked. Well, it yeah, is to- citizens I- arrest in pieces. Ah, oh, yo, uh, yo. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was such a good chance. The score remains yes, three it to was. two. It was, it was a layup too. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> Brian. Let's shake off some of this rust here. What question? Right. This is uh, Jesus. I only I have mean, one left. Yeah, that's fine. I have. We might. I have one, two, three left, which included a tiebreaker. So, so who? This is now. It is best of three. No. Well, no. Is it? Are we tied, Patrick? Brian? 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 No, I think I've. Three You're still up. Two. Three two. Yeah, it's three so, two. So we can. We'll. We'll. We won't end in a tie. But Brian, if you get two of the next three, you win. Patrick, you need to get two of the next three to to push it to a, a final question. No, um, I, there's no reason to go on after I fucked that one up. Go yeah, on. That was a pretty tough one. <laughs> All right. This one's a little tough. First band, first clue. Teamwork Records band, who maybe would have fit better on Deep Six Records from New Jersey. Victory Records band, who maybe would have fit better on their inevitable home, Epitaph from uh, 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 Florida. Ready for the second set of clues? Yeah, please. Yeah. Brian, short yeah. name, short songs from New Jersey. Second band, second glue, long name abbreviated as a D T R. I don't. I don't understand how these two things go together. I'm confused. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Oh, I got it. Uh, it's a tough one. All right. Uh, did a, I can't think of the first band. First band uh, did a seven inch called Better Off Dead. Uh, they did a, an LP. All of it was on Teamwork Records. They get very like lumped in with skating. the late late nineties straight edge stuff, but but kind of sound more like they should be on a thrash or power violence tip. Um, Ten. You know nine. what's funny is that is that I, you know, I understood what you meant when you said that they. Like fit I, I, I in tune that they or I picked up that they were a thrash band, obviously, but yeah. but you keep. Saying teamwork as though I know that roster. You know I mean? <laughs> hey, it's okay. All right, uh, Brian, you got an answer? Uh, no, but All I'm right. sure Patrick, when you tell me the answer, I'm gonna... it's going to be a good one. Patrick, you yeah, got I one. Said... No, Patrick? I can't get All that. Right. I, I figured out the second one. I cannot get that Tom, first give one. Give him the answer. That would be 97A Day to Remember. Fuck. Fuck off. <laughs> yep. I should have got that. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck. All right. Well, that makes it easy. Um, these, uh, Tom. Oh, you you have one, right, Tom? I have one left. Yes. All right, go for it. This is for Patrick. <clears throat> okay. 
Patrick. Yes. First band, first clue. Yes. Yes. Their album, Youth Anthems for the New Order, features a Klansman on the cover. First okay. clue, second band. All of their records feature the lead singer on the record cover. A funny thing, I never put it together until today. Me neither, but it makes total sense. It's kind of fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'm about 100%, but I. You'll take I, your like, second, second set? set? Yeah, give it to me. All right. Second clue, first band. NYC's early hardcore punk band who infamous, infamously gigged on the Rock Against Racism tour. Yeah. <clears throat> second clue, second band. Connecticut and Hudson Valley rockers who became NYHC. Uh, is that uh, Reagan Youth of Today? Yes. Very good job, Patrick. It is tied. I knew you'd like the one with the Klansman on the cover. Yo, I mean, I've been saying it on this podcast a lot. I think we all agree, but it is still a band that flies under so many younger people's radar. Reagan Youth fucking rules. So yeah. the cover. Uh, but all right, uh, so we're three three right now. That's three correct. three. All right, we both we both dropped some fucking easy fucking buckets. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> This is a San Diego hardcore band who was very influential to the modern hardcore sound. And this is for Brian. This right? is for Brian. This is for okay. Brian. Okay. So first, first band, first clue. Very influential. San Diego hardcore band who was very influential on the modern hardcore sound. Second band, first clue. UK band that evolved from Discharge. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Second clue. First band. Singer's name is Dave Claiborne. Second clue. Second band. Singer's name is Nobby Dobson. <laughs> Nobby Bones. Nobby Bones, as he might be known. I am friends with him on Facebook somehow. So, Tom gave you a secret hint, by the way. If you want to go look at my Facebook friends, well, uh, like Nobby Bones. He works with Jimmy Gestapo in New York City. All right. <laughs> Brian, you ready? Uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Final answer or pass? I'm going to pass on this one. Patrick? I got the first band. I don't have the second band. Can I? Please. Yes? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. It's Unbroken Bones. Ugh. Broken Bones uh, from the UK, guys. All yep. right. This is for all the fucking marbles. Patrick? Wow. This is... Oh, don't Danny Green this shit. <sighs> Let's see. First band, first clue. LA's flagship straight edge band of the early 2000s. Second band, first clue, Moshcore band from Massachusetts. <laughs> Would you like the second set of clues? Yeah. Come on. Wow. Okay. Bridge Nine Records, A Life Less Plagued. Second band, second clue, Eulogy Recordings. Some of us may never see the world. You have 10 seconds. 10, Ten 9, 
eight. Who, hold on. Who, who, whose question is it? It's yours. Yours. Oh, oh okay. Um, uh, uh, what's the fucking Todd Three. Jones? Uh, hold on. Wait, wait. One. You got one. Quiet. I can name everybody in the band. Wait. You've got, you've got, I'm going to give you a bonus three seconds since apparently you were unclear that the question was you. So we'll have three. silence. Three. Two. Wait, 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 I don't like them. I can see the album cover in my head. It's right. Todd's band, but they, I, they're my least favorite Todd thing. What is it? Fucking. Um, Ryan, would you like to take a shot? Because Patrick has already passed. Uh, carry on broken wings. <laughs> and Brian, you have yeah, successfully defeated Patrick in the name game. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. Patrick, you can have an aneurysm. Do we need to? Like, I'm out of this wow. rigged system, man. This is. <laughs> um, so I was going to tell you, there's a wrinkle to the gauntlet. In many tournaments, Brian, the way this would work would be you defeated Patrick. You're going to move forward. Unfortunately, that's not how this game goes. Patrick <laughs> moves forward to potentially lose again to someone new. <laughs> so, um, so we really appreciate it. We need to have you back on again very soon. Um, you've been listening to anything good that you think the Axe Grind audience should should hear? Um, I've been really obsessed with that Millspec record. It's really good. It's really um, good. I'm sure that you guys have probably already talked about it. Um, I'm sure that most people listening have already probably listened to it, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's one of the best hardcore records maybe of all time. Whoa! Just stop you! Stop you! No, I, I think no, it's really I think good. In the whole, the whole presentation of it, the the zine, the the art, the songs, I, I think it all comes together in a way that's something really special. Um, I think a lot of bands need to actually put that much effort into their music too. So, yo, thank you so much. Um, you can you can click close or whatever, but uh, we'll talk very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Of course. Goodbye. Fuck off. Later, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, what Brian said was so right, though. Um, I completely agree. Uh, the Millspec record's very good, but maybe even more than the music. Um, and it's not more than the music, but but I think there was a whole like a it's like a complete. Yeah, it's a holistic thought. They they put a lot of effort into the art. They put a lot of effort into the zine. They put a lot of effort into everything about it, and and that's really cool. And uh, you know what's going on right now is enabling people to do that. So uh, please, if you haven't checked out um, the new Mill Spec LP that Locking Out just put out, please check it out. So very good record. PK, I know that was sprung on you, but. you left I'm, stuff I'm on fucked, the table. I'm fucked up. You, you want to hear what's up? I'm not even fucked up about that carry on one because I don't carry on like no disrespect to those guys. No, Obviously, I like Todd, but like the, the that that we've talked about that record before and yeah. it makes it's like mouthpiece where it makes zero impact on me every time I hear it. So it, like it, like in, it, here's my actual brain. I was going crossed on crossed on um oh no uh, yeah yeah like, like i'm i was struggling to think about it, it but the, but the one that fucks me up is the rest in pieces one that one i should have fucking gotten that's yeah. disappointment to me yeah yeah you should have okay well let's um you know i, I actually uh think 
what Brian also was saying there about the uh, the mill spec record was uh, kind of something I've been thinking about. I mentioned revisiting records, etc. Um, I threw out a question before we started recording um, on our Instagram and said, what records or bands do we not talk about enough? Because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but we talk about shit a lot. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think we circle around certain things cause we all like it or, or just, you know, it's one of the three of us really likes it. So we end up talking about it more, but I wanted to see what is some shit that people think we don't talk about enough and, uh, and kind of get a little sampling there. So, um, does that sound like a fun little exercise to do for a little bit? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Unless people gave stupid answers, and then would be right. mad. Unless we get berated that we didn't bring up some. Band <laughs> well, well I want to thank I want to thank Michael Smith <laughs> who said uh, good ones. So that was pretty good. Um, that was that helpful. Was thank you, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's kick this off. Um, Jesus Christ! And I'm not going to go in order, but I am going to give the very first answer, first responder, uh, a little love here. Earth mover. Do we? And I think the first thing I'm going to do here is ask: Do you guys think we talk about them enough? Yes. I don't think we've ever spoken about them. I think we have. I think I, I may have it's been once a long time because they, they have one song that I think is great. Okay, so so why don't you guys go in on Earth Mover? Okay, so unless I'm mistaken, Tom, you could tell me it's uh, it's pre Walls of Jericho. Yes, from Detroit. And, and Walls of Jericho, uh, Tom says that they've got a couple hits uh, layered in there, or at least are a solid band. I yes. I really filed them away into the Nora second tier, like can't remember a song sort of thing. So maybe it's something I've got to revisit. I think it's revisionist history, to be quite honest with you, because at the time, like Walls of Jericho was like, you know, at like a big festival would be oh. like. Th- oh, no doubt. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for like, myself. You're not like, you know, like, but like, it would be like literally like Poison the Well headlining, throw down right before them and like Walls of Jericho right before them. So like they weren't ever like also ran. They were actually quite big for a while. And then they took like this like, hey, we're playing like, like radio festivals in Europe. And yeah. then like America didn't really care anymore. As yeah, much that, as- that, that's that's all yeah. true. I didn't mean to say that. Th- look, they've they were bigger than 90 percent of bands at that time. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Woj, not taking. Yeah, I'm not, Walls of Jericho was big. Yeah, I'm not taking their size from them. I'm just saying that like, it was one of those weird things where like, look, like I used to have friends. I think I've said this. I'd have friends that don't like Madball, but would go to Madball shows because Madball shows are really fucking fun, you know. And uh, but the reality is, is that Madball's got some hits. I think people might have done that for Walls of Jericho, but Walls of Jericho, to my ear, doesn't have any hits. So it's a. Uh, you know, I, you know it, but I could be wrong. I, this is a band I literally haven't listened to in, you know, probably 15 years or whatever. I'll send you like three songs. You might be into it. Okay. Well, so my, them more than anything. And, and you're, you'll both scoff at this in the beginning. I bet they had more of an impact on people than we'd even imagine. Given that, like, if you think about like 2001 hardcore, can you name two other women other than say like Rachel and Candace from Walls Jericho in bands. No, I personally cannot. I would. I bet. You know what? I bet if I thought about Alley Fast Times. Yeah, there's a smell. Uh, I was going to say more amount. like on yeah. on on the like maybe Philly crust end of things. I could probably name one. Um, but yeah, no. It, but it, it, it wasn't. You know, I think they had an impact on bringing you know folks around into into hardcore that we we tend to 
forget. Oh no, I agree. I agree with all that. But let, let me. I know this is supposed to be about Earth Mover, but let, let, let's let's I just do to a recenter us to, to Earth Mover because uh, maybe this is why we don't end up spot. I mean, yo, hey, just a hand up before I want to let you finish your thought, Pat. Um, this is part of the reason we probably don't talk about Earth Mover that much is that they did a subsequent band that went on to significantly more travels and work in the world that that a lot of people care about that's not to dismiss earth mover but it's one of the reasons why something like this may be uh the conversation right here naturally shifted to walter jericho yeah i mean look earth mover is for the locals like it's for the people that were there that really enjoyed it but i don't think that there's a ton there they have one song that i really like i uh own the uh maybe it's like death something carved what there was a lot of carving going on at that time. Uh, I, I, whatever that record was, uh, I had it, listened to it, and only one song really was like, oh, that's a fucking good song. Um, but uh, regarding Walls of Jericho, Tom, is it fair to say that as far as replay goes, people would probably reach for contemporaries before they reach for Walls of Jericho? Um, I mean, possible. I mean, I, I would imagine a bunch of younger folks probably are not even privy to, to you know, there's like two Walls Jericho records that like, I think if you liked modern hardcore, if you like modern hardcore right now, you'd probably actually fuck with. Okay. Like that All Hell the Dead record is actually like super fucking moshy. It's like Mad Ball meets like a fucking like a moshcore band. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Tom, would you, would you cut me off if I'm disrespectful? Don't I? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I lost interest in most precious blood when when rob came on keep going that that is partly due to rob but it's also the band seemed to 
match what Rob was doing. Okay. And they did that well. So like for anybody that doesn't think that everybody was doing their job, they were. It just wasn't a sound that interested me very much. Sure. Now, is it fair to say that there is some shared DNA with Walls of Jericho in that sound? Like that it let me yes. put it like this. Yeah, no, the, you're 100% right. I think it's kind of like the 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 trust the trust the later trust kill sound not later the mid period trust kill sound kind of became commodified is that fair yes okay uh, so hold on I have a mystery guest who thought he was going to be on the podcast today but we started way earlier than he could be here and he was mm-hmm. uh, flying his F fourteen fighter jet uh, over the uh, Alaskan Sound uh, instead would you like to say hi Dave hello hey Dave hey, how hey, you Dave. doing buddy. So Dave really wanted to, to – Dave's supposed to be a guest. He's going he to be a guest. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to be on the program. But uh, Dave, what were you doing today if you would like to stunt on people? Uh, flight instructing. Yeah, but it, it sounds oh, wow. cool. But in fact, it's like like you enjoy it, but it's uh, you make the same rate as uh, say like what? Like a, a first-year intern at a uh, law firm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. It's like – I love flying, so it's great. Where it sucks is when you have to do it for income because none of your clients as an agent are allowed to play shows. So that's your only <laughs> source of income for the whole entire year. That's that's not too fun. But no. the actual flying part is great. Hey, hey, Dave, I got a question for you. I have one too. Hit me. How has it been having Patrick around? Oh, It's been good. It's been good. It's Last been good? night we watched this uh, movie called Run. Which, for those of you who don't know, is made in '91. Patrick Dempsey. Oh, um, it was wow. terrible, which made it awesome. It was really <laughs> great, and um, he actually like never wants to leave the house. So right. it's just like having a random house guest that like doesn't bother you because I still am going out and doing shit, and he just like barely leaves this room until we watch <laughs> movies at night. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that first. He argues with his girlfriend for three to four hours. Mm. All right, we've had about enough. <laughs> we've had about enough. I've cut his. I've cut his mic. She ain't listening. I've cut his mic. Tom, your uh, your yeah. question. Mine was just more about flight instruction, but oh yeah. What about so wait, do you? Do you do any like classroom teaching for this sort of stuff, or are you just taking people up? Uh, no, it's both. Yeah, you got to like, so if someone's working on their license, you know, you got to fly with them for a certain amount of hours. And then you also need to teach them all the classroom stuff because um, there's multiple so do you tests go, like, they have to take. With and, a person? Like, do you keep that? that same per- do you keep like that same person from like they walk in the door till they walk out the door? Like, that's yeah. like your like student. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you're um, them off. Got it. yeah so I'll start with someone like, you know, from the beginning, and then I'll I'll work with them all the way till they get their license. That's awesome. Yeah. Any close calls? Anyone like, holy shit, like this person's going to kill us? <laughs> uh, actually, the only close like ish call I ever had was when I Let was Patrick teaching another flight instructor how to fly tailwheel airplanes, where the where like you have the two main wheels and then the one on the tail instead of the nose, and uh, so that was ironic but yeah it was another flight instructor that i was <laughs> flying with um but uh outside that no students are you know you have dual controls so you have controls on both sides so like okay. i can intervene anytime and so it's you know and when you 
teach for a long time, you start to anticipate when people are going to do stupid shit. So <laughs> you can kind of get ahead of them on it. So uh, now that you guys are up there and Patrick was, you know, Bra- Patrick's braggadocio about him being able to fly a plane. Have you had the opportunity to, to challenge Pat in that? Well, <clears throat> Pat uh, always says this and I always respond with the same thing, which is that anyone can land an airplane once. Will they walk away from that one landing? <laughs> Who knows? But anyone, it's kind of come, it's going to come down at some point. So anyone can land a plane one time. <laughs> I, I'm the launch pad McQuack uh, of this shit. I fear nothing. I think landing a plane is easy as hell. Um, now, uh, Dave, would you, would you explain to everybody how Alaska is different in terms of flying a plane? Because uh, my understanding is one in three planes crashes here. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not one in three, uh, but you know the weather up here is a bit more unpredictable. The terrain up here is definitely a bit more, uh, you know, it, it 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 changes dramatically and large mountains and glaciers and uh, you know everything. So there is that added risk that like even if like your engine died and you had to go down somewhere, like in Southern California where I usually fly a large part of the year like if you lost an engine no matter where you go down you're gonna see another human within a minute um where up here you may never see another human again if that happens so it's wow yeah so it's just different you know but it's but it's amazing and it's way more beautiful flying up here than really anywhere i say yet have i gone up no i have not gone up uh i don't think dave will mind me saying uh, he's in austerity mode. So uh, joy flying, which still costs like a hundred dollars an hour just in gas is, uh, is uh, cost prohibitive at the moment. Well, you know what? That's, that's actually curious because recently in the last like week or two, I've had like five hardcore friends posting about taking flights. I don't know if it's the same dude, but they do like Tim Shaw, Tim Ensign did it. Um, Ricky from backtrack, the Kohlers from second, like they were all on this, like taking these flights. And I was like, what, how much that cost? Like that can't be cheap. Even if it's like down the Jersey shore, it can't no, be mean, like 20 bucks. <laughs> it's really expensive. No, it's anyway. true. Yeah. If, like if you want to get your license, that whole process is probably about 15 grand. Um, $15,000. Holy shit. Yeah. But if you're just going to go for a flight, like it's depending on what plane you're flying and all that. But like, if you're going to go from, yeah, let's say like Long Island or the Jersey Shore or something. That's probably going to be a, a few hundred bucks round trip. Wow, wow! But yeah. if you put the if you put the Kohler family in there, you're probably good. You know what I mean? Like you can split it a few ways. It makes it makes sense. But to just travel that way for one person is uh, cost prohibitive I mean, for me. Yeah, but it, no, but it was like a small, you know, like same probably like a two or three seater plane, whatever it is. Like you know, he would they would just go like down like along like Asbury Park and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I wonder like. Is there like a fee to even like? Do you have to pay? Do you have to pay a fee to like the gr- like ground control or whatever to to, to take not your f- in the U.S. A lot of other countries charge what they call user fees, but not in the U.S. Um, in fact, there are things about it that are pretty reasonable. Like for example, if you rent a plane, you only pay for the time you're putting on the engine. So like, let's say you fly somewhere and then you go have a meal and hang out with a friend. Uh, for like four hours, you're not paying for those four hours. You're only paying for the actual time the engine is running. Mm. So there are, you know, oh. some things like that that make it a little bit 
uh, a little bit better, right? Where like if you rent a car, like you're you're paying to rent it for like the whole time, right? Like you know what I mean. So it's a little bit a little bit more reasonable on that front, but overall it is a lot of money. So that's how they and do for, it. Like, that's how they can do it on Entourage. Like Vince is always like taking a flight somewhere. Well, for like, for perspective, right? For perspective, there's a. Uh, a, a dining guide for pilots. Uh, and D- Dave, what, what is it called? Cause it's uh, every one of these little airports has like a little diner in it or some type of food option. And I, I've seen it, but I'll let Dave say it. Yeah. It's the $100 hamburger is what they call it. <laughs> because that's what it's, it's you're caught. It's spending a minimum of a hundred dollars to get to wherever the fuck you're going. Something for you guys to consider, just in case you were thinking about taking small. Thinking about remote everywhere. Alaska, yeah, that's the plan. Let's get it. <laughs> Yo, Dave, thank you for jumping on with us, buddy. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out here, but I'm gonna leave you guys with a question. I'm not gonna listen to the answer until I listen to this episode because I'm gonna walk out of the room. But I mentioned to you, Bob, uh, earlier. I think maybe a week ago or something. Yeah, that my friends and I have a very large debate that is never ending mm-hmm. and it's e-town concrete versus downset on, who, on, on who's better who's wor- like we can't say a lot because e-town concrete might beat us up nah we can talk about it they're not they're, <laughs> they're reasonable humans. all right uh e-town concrete or downset um let's see yeah and i'm gonna go ahead and leave you, you go guys yeah yeah that- uh, I'll, I'll listen i'll get my answer off air thanks guys yeah <laughs> and even if i get beat up i'm gonna say downset is a better band oh interesting okay, thank you ah. Wow. Thank you. Uh, you're not going to get beat up for that, but I, if we talk, if we end up talking about E-Town Concrete for like 15 minutes, I will say something that will get me in trouble. Yeah. I don't think so. And money's not... Ant money oh, that's bigger true. things that, to worry about. You know what I mean? You don't have to focus on the negative. You can just focus on the fact that do we speak a dead language by downset is an incredible record. Okay, you're done here. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting his mic again. Okay. I've had about enough of this. All right. Um, do either of you have a strong feeling about downset in a positive way? No. Um, I don't mind them. I saw them a bunch. They played like a bunch of hardcore shows in New York. Like I saw them at CB's with Madball, and I saw them at Irving Plaza with maybe Shelter or VOD or something. They're, I mean, they were like bottom shelf, well, mid shelf Rage Against the Machine. It was cool. You know, everyone <laughs> loved to bring up the fact that they used to be a hardcore band. Yeah, everybody loves social that. justice. Um, you know, I'm like, yes, we all know. <laughs> Everyone saw the fucking the lost and found CD, That's and right. you know. That's right. Um, I mean, I personally, I have my take is not so hot, but like, I think E Town fucking destroys them. Okay, uh, is one more of a hardcore band than the other? No. Tom, you know it's funny because I think if you asked people, they'd be like, "Yeah, well, E Town," but I'm like, "Are yeah, they that's that not different? True. It's yeah. not. It's not true. No, they have no. fast parts, but like very infrequently. Not that fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, and, I'm and saying, I'm saying, solidly rap metal for both, and and like, uh, if either of them hit the success that they wanted, neither of them would be mad about that label. So that's a fact. And I actually I like E Town quite a bit, quite a bit more, but. In like a way that is like in the same way that I like the first Limp Biscuit record. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like a thing that I put on. It's just like it's fun. It just was cool when you went to see them a few times back then. Uh, I have seen. I ha- I have not seen E Town. I have seen Downset. And you and have listen, seen Limp Biscuit. I always. Th- <laughs> What's that? You've never seen E Town. Never seen E Town. Dude, I have to tell you. 
next time. So I'm sorry, Bob. Joe. I can tell Bob's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> sorry, I'm cleaning my phone. Right now. Like, no, I'm cleaning the, 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 my phone case right now. So continue. <laughs> um, next time they do one of their like hometown shows. Well, you probably won't be here. Maybe Drug Church will play one of them. You have to go because it's an absolute spectacle. Oh, I'm sure it's a mutant convention. That's true. They play the this place called Star. You, oh, the place you guys played, Starland Ballroom. Yep. Big room. Sells out way in advance. Yep. We played it one year. I think they topped out at like 2,500 people. Um, and it's like definitely their show that you just happen to be playing. And like some of their fans may know your band, but most of them don't. Yeah, sure, sure. But it's cool. Like they're so totally fucking into it. But like the, when we played with them, they played no exaggeration over two hours. Fuck. And like there was a snowstorm coming. So like, <laughs> listen, that was like a huge snowstorm that like. I walked, you know, like I was watching them and I went back outside. I'm like, am I going to be able to get back to Asbury from here? Like, this is fucking like, and they just kept playing. They played for almost two and a half hours. It's, yeah, that's, that's a bit much. But just uh, them coming out, like the last time I saw them, they had like these like giant screens all across the back of the stage. And it was just footage of, of Elizabeth, New Jersey, like for the entire set. I'm like, <laughs> that must have cost them so much money. If you like Elizabeth so much, why don't you just play there? All right, next next comment. Earth mover. Anything else? <laughs> Hold on. I just want to say, Downset has been a big disappointment to me as an adult. As an adult, because uh, I've defended them for years and years as a fun band, and then last year, uh, maybe for the podcast for some reason, I went and re-listened to uh, either Check Your People or Do We Speak? I don't remember, but uh, I was so disappointed. I, I really like it. I, I don't know. It's like one of those things. Like I don't usually have those experiences where you can't go home again, but like this was a, you can't go home. again. You, you get in the plane with Dave, you bring a Bluetooth speaker and put on downset the, the record he likes a lot. Who crashes, uh, we, we, who, who crashes the plane first? You or him <laughs> Him out of excitement, you out of misery. We're going to be, I think we have to fly for like nine hours soon uh at maybe next the end of next week or some shit and so uh it's entirely possible that i just put us in the ocean why not all right um earth mover anything 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 one good song check out check out the record i think i need to revisit them i haven't listened to them in a very long time and i i've kind of revisited stuff from then that i was just kind of like that's cool like and back then i'd be like fine this is totally yeah totally fine like and then like i listened to it more recently i'm like oh i probably was a little more of a dick then <laughs> and maybe it was I, better than just fine. Yeah, yeah, and I think the you know like I've kind of been like, all right, I listened to that a couple of times. This is fine. This is good. But like, especially when you're in a band and you're like, you know, like there's so many bands going on simultaneously that you don't always have the chance to like. Especially then, it wasn't like I'm just going to click on Spotify. Yeah, like it was like cool. I, we played them a couple of times, or like I heard like listen to the CD. Everything being physical back then made kind of checking bands out more than once difficult unless you bought the record. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next one that came in, self-defense family. Because we got this more than once, I can't tell if it's a joke or not. Um, what's next for self-defense family, Patrick? Uh, the live record is fully mixed and mastered. Sounds great. Don't know if I want to keep my dialogue on it or not. Hmm. Uh 
have reached out to a friend about a potential him taking it over because it looks like it has to be a, a double LP. Oh, yeah. Uh, which puts me in a cost prohibitive place. Yeah, you're not uh, there with that. Don't do that. So uh, a friend wants to do it. Uh, he's talking about making it a thing. He does a label uh, and he's talking about making it a record store day thing. Oh, cool. Uh, which could make sense. Uh, but, uh, beyond that, I'm recording, uh, vocals for two songs, uh, soon. And, uh, we are presumably recording half my band now works for ESPN. So we have to wait for the football season to end before we can record college. Football half season. self-defense works for ESPN. Yeah. Yes. Like literally half. People? Say it again. Is that like 11 people. Yeah. Like half, it's no exaggeration that like, the majority of the band, I think, now <laughs> works for, works for a contractor who is exclusive to ESPN. Incredible, Pat. Here's my question about the in between. I think, all right. So, and Bob can chime in on this too. I think like live records, like the in between song banter, is almost as important as the songs themselves. Like we can all quote like live at CBS or like the, all the Paul Bearer stuff sure. or like. Do you? What's your concern about the in between? Like. Did you say something that is like not going to be timely once the record comes was out? Was it like is that it, one Tiger's Jaw show in New York? Yeah. <laughs> you mean where I said more, more times than uh, a psychotic person that uh, maybe wasn't in the room can count? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I did make an Epstein joke, which probably won't age well. Uh, but for the most part, it's just that I went long. Like, And also, I, I know you know this, both of you. I have a hard time with earnest and I was maybe a little too earnest. Yo, what's funny is that you're, you don't have a hard time with earnest when you're doing it on stage. You have a hard time hearing it back, I guess. That's a fact. Yeah. All right. All right. So Pat, is that something that you can include like on the digital version and not on, because it's obviously every minute that you're bullshitting is money <laughs> on a press, like on a record pressing, right? Yeah. What I, what I was thinking about Tom, what I was thinking about originally doing was, uh, flexi's, I, hold on. Let's get let's get just a consensus on this, Bob. When we talk about records, I know that you've put out enough records that you have, and you've collected enough records that you have really strong feelings about formats. Sure. Uh, what is I so like? For example, I saw somebody the other day going off on lathes. They hated lathes, and when I was a kid, everybody would hate on ten inches because people are stupid, and it's like such a big deal for some reason. I'll never understand. No, you know, if you want the real final, we're on 10 inches, so we can address it. One, for the collector, you have to have a separate area for them or some shit. Yep. It's a pain in the ass. Two, that applies to record stores, so record stores are less interested in buying them, which means that you're going to sell less records in that that lane of distribution. Three, maybe neither of that matters, and you just want to do a gimmicky size. That's what you do it for. Go for it. Anyways. Yeah. Like if, I, if I'm in man is the bastard, I think that's fine. Um, <laughs> it, it, I'm not worried about my records, the record store sales, but it, it, here's, here's the thing. I like flexies if they're packaged in a way that makes them engaging and collectible in some way, uh, or that they are pure trash and they're just promo items. I think both of those are appropriate. Uh, but some people really hate flexies. What I was considering doing is since flexies are so cheap, I was going to do, uh, 
uh, the, the record as a single LP and then include as much banter as I could onto a flexi uh, and package it that way. But I think ultimately we came in at an hour even without the the uh, Good Lord. yeah so i think that we've got to uh go double i'll see though maybe not maybe consider not. listenability that's all i can say um okay yeah. i think that's enough self-defense family unless you have anything else yeah we're Tom. good okay uh when this is hell comes up someone always says we should talk about this is hell also ruiner um so let's talk about this is hell yeah sure uh okay um a band that kind of played themselves for lack of a better word. Um, they consistently put out the music that I think that they wanted to put out. Uh, they made moves. They were a band that people talked about, but I think that they might have toured wrong and kind of put, uh, toward, toward wrong. And also at that time, maybe there was label things that you couldn't do or could, I, they basically put themselves in a position to not be, uh, uh, considered as much as they were when they first came out the gate. And I think that that's what cost them at the end of the day, because I think if they had built up enough listener trust, then their stylistic changes would have gone over fine because those dudes can play. Um, but it, uh, ultimately kind of an interesting band for what didn't happen. No disrespect to them. Yeah. And I think like those early, I mean, those records are all, good records you know i the early stuff i think is you know like that first ep and that first like lp or two are actually really good hardcore records then they got more metal and all that sort of stuff and it was also well done but i think like you said with them like i think with them even their touring choices like you know they went to like touring with like um what's what's that fucking huge band from the uk bring me the horizon no, bring me the right. Like they went from like playing hardcore shows to like then that like middle gallows cancer bat stuff, and then they were like playing you know alternative press tours and being like the first second band on things like that. Right. So I think like there was nowhere to come home to. Like hardcore was like done. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it didn't make it to like that next level that it didn't matter. So it was kind of like, well, well, what now? But I think I mean I you know most of the dudes went on to that Extinction AD, which is like a fucking really good like thrash metal band. You know, and I think, but I think that kind of hurt them. Like how Terror was able to kind of go, like, all right, we're gonna do like one, you know, a hardcore tour, and then like this adjacent tour that'll help us get bigger. Like people knew what they were getting from Terror, so no one ever kind of batted an eye. It seemed, while a band like This Is Hell didn't have that kind of like recognition in the marketplace. Almost that like you didn't know what you were gonna get, so people were kind of turned off by it. It seems like you know what I'm saying. Like I think like. You know. Yeah, I mean, look, look at it this way. We have friends bands who are trying to go bigger than they are today. <clears throat> and we're supportive of those acts. I'm not um I'm not 22. I'm not mad at anybody that wants to see how far they can push a thing even if it's just for the sake of seeing how far they can push it. I'm not mad. That's your choice. Um that said, it's a gamble each and every time. Yeah. And mm. and uh I think it's cool to gamble. I have ludomania, uh, but <laughs> but it is a gamble, and sometimes you lose. And I should really point this out for people because this might be a thing that if you're a petty dick, you 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 revel in. But if you're past that in your life, then you just accept this. When you lose, everybody, sometimes it's got nothing to do with you, and it's just the way that the fucking cards came out. 
and it's fine. This is how did what they wanted to do. Yep. And it arguably did not break as large as they would like it to, but they took a shot and that's what fucking life is about. So I'm yep. not, I'm not ever mad at that shit anymore. They got to do a lot of cool shit. They, toured Europe, they toured fucking toured Australia. a lot, toured a lot. Yeah. Uh, probably the thing that we haven't said that they should get credit for is they were a workhorse band who, I mean, there was probably a year or two there where they were touring more than six months a year. Um, yeah. But I, uh, but Bob, I think I, I ultimately think that that's kind of what, played them into the ground no you, sure you know? sure that that's part of it but i also think i mean the comparison to terror i, I actually think that was an interesting one tom uh, i don't think they ever got the pop that terror got early that pop and oh, excitement no, no. that made them owned. like who owns this no, is hell who owns this is hell some people in long island because long island is a, is a place that really loves their own and that's fucking cool and like if that's all they had that's i'm sure that would be more than enough on top of it um, I think they had some fans. I think what's been lost in the sands of time is that uh, a lot of people who really rode with some of the sounds of that time, like the Killing the Dream, um, yeah. shit, with some other bands, kind of the Ruiners, uh, even Singing Ships, but like they kind of fit into this weird, the more modern sound, the Death Wish sound, Modern Life is War kind of thing. Um, so if you're somebody who's hearing this and hasn't heard This Is Hell, which I'm willing to bet there's people who haven't. Yeah. Um, you know, and you like some of that other stuff. Uh, oh, who's the other band I really associated with? Regardless, uh, it, it's it's something you could check out. It was never totally my bag, but I, I want to say that Travis was always cool and uh, they were easy to work with when I did stuff with them or for them. And yeah, like they were a part of the they were part of what was going on at the time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's really uh, it, they are an interesting band who, you know, like many bands, lost in the sands of time. Maybe Patrick's right; they played themselves, quote unquote. Um, but you know, it's also just the way shit goes. I, I, yeah. I also think they really did do what they wanted to do. They made choices they wanted to, and I bet you they had hella fun doing some of those big tours. So, okay, yeah. for sure. All right, um, let's talk Ruiner for a minute. Go. Um, I always, I, I always liked, uh, these dudes did not like the band really. Um, they, the, the singer was, uh, incredibly helpful, uh, whenever we come through Baltimore, uh, <clears throat> it, he, I want to say, and you guys could probably help me with this. There was like a web of beef at that time, uh, yeah. that, that I think that I was just because I was playing in, in the kind of like the sissy band, uh, it just never touched me, you know, but there was like a, there was a bit of a web of beef, uh, that probably cost, probably cost a lot of bands in small ways and in all directions, you know? And, uh, Runer, I think was involved in that. You guys could help me if I'm wrong. Uh, but, I never, the sound, I'll be honest, the sound just never made any fucking sense to me. Right. Uh, if I recall, it was like, it was rivalry stuff. Am I wrong? Like no, it was, it was it, a little more, it was more uh, melodic, but metallic. It was in the Killing the Dream final fight, this is hell world. You know what I mean? Like, right, whereas, but, but, but were they on rivalry? No, the they weren't. Two, though, right? um, harder, maybe a little bit, but not, but I mean, not, not in some, drastic way i think they were maybe faster than harder they oh, had okay. mosh parts but like not like 
they were far from beat down or anything. You know what I mean? It wasn't hardcore. They weren't gut instinct, you know, they weren't TUI, but they were from Baltimore. Um, yeah. Uh, modern hardcore band, um, kind of polarizing, uh, had their issues at the time that I think they used to kind of, I don't know. I mean, in a, a weird way, they use that to pedestal themselves into something else. Um, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. Like they, they kind of burnt some bridges and said, okay, we're going to use these ashes to fucking, uh, lift our sail. And some people really got off on that. Some people didn't, um, musically, never my thing. Tom, you got anything on them? You know, I don't know much. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those bands that kind of I just missed for whatever reason. And no disrespect. I just like. No, no, no. I, yeah, I always confuse them with The Carrier. Sonically, oh, not a million what? miles apart. Yeah, not a million miles apart, I don't think. No, I, it, but, but I always kind of. There was always that, like, of that ilk of all those bands that you mentioned, the yeah. one band that I really liked was Killing the Dream. Yeah, I think Killing the Dream kind of stood apart from some of those bands. And I don't know why. I think the singer was probably stronger i don't know but like i remember those records being like fuck this is really good but like none of that other stuff really stuck. i mean uh, you, you really stuck. here's an interesting phenomenon i hate every band that we've mentioned recently yeah. like yeah. Uh, I, uh, stylistically i yeah. i do not like this style but i for for some reason i can be totally analytic and removed and uh, about it instead of like when when like the locking out sound comes up you can hear me kind of like like something inside me just sort of like, I do my best to be polite, but I just sort of, I like, I don't understand this and I really dislike it. Um, this, I just don't understand very much. Yeah. I, um, I well, just on killing the dream. I believe they also were a live band who had just crazy live energy, like yeah, bo- yeah. both from the, the band themselves. And also apparently like, I think the, uh, if memory serves correctly, people would just go nuts for them. Um, yeah. Ruiner eventually signed to bridge nine and did pretty well for themselves toured a ton again sort of in the same way as this is hell um you could say a bunch you could not be interested in them musically at all they worked really hard and played a fuck ton of shows um low-key popular like yeah Ruiner? More popular than we'd probably give them credit yeah their last show was really big um and i think they kind of you know uh dangers is a band i could not musically totally parallel, but but also but could parallel that Pat and you might understand this more because you're perhaps more familiar with dangers. Uh, used a lot of this like energy and motion that of people who didn't like them to propel themselves into a space and with with that kind of vigor that some people were really attracted to it. So yeah, I also because think there's low key some interesting connections between Ruiner and TUI. Not like not like band overlap, but but like a lot of these people were in the same scene at the same time. Oh yes, yeah. So what were you gonna say? I was gonna say that the the dangerous thing is an utterly fascinating one, and at some juncture we should either have one of those guys on or or have no. kind of the the other voice, sure. Which is because it was. Uh, for those, okay, I don't think I'm going to say anything that's going to get me in trouble right here. It was a fascinating time for people that don't know of increased crew activity in hardcore and a natural pushback from the skinny kids to that energy. Sure. And it was fascinating watching the skinny kids offend the, the kids that could really ball them up and stick them in their asses if they wanted to. And 
there was sensitivity on all sides in this bizarre, like looking back on it, you're kind of like, wow, everybody was fucking weird. (laughs) So uh, it'd be be an interesting thing. Like I really like, I really like the dangerous guys a lot. Um, And I also like some of the guys that uh, were probably trying to beat them up. I have a funny danger story. Hit us. Is that all right, Bob? Of course. It's quick. Go. So it's not even really dangerous. It's a singer. So I worked at um, years ago. I worked at like a case management program for folks with mental health issues. I had a friend. I got my friend a job there, and she was working exclusively with the adolescent population. Right. So for us to work with anybody, we have to go through this like pretty rigorous. Um, background check to make sure you're working with people that are at risk. You've never done anything in your past that may put them at risk, all this sort of stuff, right? So, like, everyone had to be cleared. So, she went through the clearing process, whatever, whatever. One day, I get a call. She's freaking out. Oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. Why? I brought my friend with me to a child's house to act as a translator. Now, mind you, there's translation services out there. We don't need to go rogue. Correct. So, I was like, are you fucking – like? I mean, you put the kid at risk b- yep. by bringing a stranger, you know, all sort of stuff. I'm like, I'm like, what do you, why would you do that? Like, what would you think that was fun? You know, blah, 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 blah. And then like, it came up, I was busting her chops like six months ago about it. And I was like, remember that time you almost got fired, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I didn't know Alfred was going to, I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, it was Al Brown from Danger. I'm like, you brought the dude from Dangers to some kid's house in the Bronx to translate for you? Hmm. <laughs> like, I had no idea that it was that guy. You know, um, that, that's our, the type of shit that Al would just volunteer for. That's funny. I mean, and I think, you know, like he probably hadn't. He was fine with it. Like he wasn't doing anything wrong in his head. But knowing as the dude that was like running a program, like, yo, you just can't have anybody show up, you know, that could put these kids at further risk. Like, what is wrong? Like, why wouldn't that be the first thing in your head? But it was hey. the from dangers. that just got my friend fired. Oh, hold on. What is hold the- on. Hold on. What do you, what do you say, got, Patrick? Oh, I, I was just going to say. You guys are are more plugged into the material world and leave your houses. What is what is the plugged shit that you get fired? No. For, or what is the shit that like maintains uh, standards? Is that like HAPA? Is that like a HIPAA? HIPAA. What, what is it? HIPAA. H I P A A. What is it? It's it's like a, it, I I see people joke about HIPAA violations, but I don't know what the fuck. Like I'm so outside of helping anybody. All right. So HIPAA is if you ever go see. Um, like a doctor, hmm. um, you have to sign HIPAA. So yes. it's only for medical folks. So like that's right. It, it's so it's the it, it's the health information portability and accountability act or something like that. So it's supposed to be like all right, you you go see Doctor A, but and then they recommend that you go see this other doctor for a specialty. If you sign this consent, they're supposed to be able to freely share information between. The two oh, gotcha. Right. So like if you know, like fucking I came down with fucking hangnail and no one knew and you went on the podcast like, so Tom, how's your hangnail? You didn't violate HIPAA because we didn't have that relationship. Yeah. So the whole thing with like, so, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure this is coming up because of Trump or whatever. Like they're saying, like, you know, I'm his treating doctor. I can't just give out his health information. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> because of HIPAA. Like he didn't sign a release, so he can you can let the three hundred million people in America, whatever the fuck it is, know that he's has has not whatever the fuck he had, like whatever his deal is. That's what it is. So it's it's just the consent to be able to share protected medical information. Um, gotcha. And, and, and what HIV or substance abuse or substance issues? Okay, and 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 what's OSHA? 
is <laughs> that's, um, office for like uh, it's like to make sure like your office is safe. That's safety. That's like uh, like you can't leave a fucking uh, staple gun uh, plugged in and aiming at someone's coffee. <laughs> right, right, right. OSHA is strictly for like like workplace violations, yeah, safety shit. Yeah, HIPAA, HIPAA is privacy. OSHA is safety. Um, yes. Yeah, yo, the uh, the dangers uh, anti cruise shit was cool. Uh, they stirred a lot of other pots who uh maybe uh i'd say are less cool but but uh but you know the the peril to ruiner and being able to keep that kind of energy moving and doing something with that as a band was was at least interesting um yeah all right let's go to uh mother of mercy unbelievable riffage this person says yeah they had riffs that's my favorite bob band yeah bob wilson yeah Um, let's see bob wilson let down mother of mercy Beware, Malice at the Palace, Malice of the Palace um, Shadow of Lies. Uh, let's let's say, yeah, Mother of Mercy is his top band for me too, for sure. That record yeah. you put out that I bought that I didn't know you were involved in, yeah, is fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that record. The their first two EPs, I think, are are, are I have personal like uh, love for just because it was like demo and like just super into it. I think their LP on. Um, on six feet under is really good and they start pulling in you know it's interesting they start pulling in some some riffs and different tempo stuff that i don't think they get credit for and there's there's another band who worked real hard toured a fuck ton and uh i mean i it's not like it's not like at the time there was a shortage of mother of mercy love but now they're not a band people talk about that much yeah, no, they're probably the least talked about band of his. Huh, that's an interesting comment, right? PK, you got I any mean, feelings on Mother of Mercy? Uh, no. Uh, shout out to my ex girlfriend who uh, just got engaged. Her her f- favorite hardcore band. Uh, she really loved Mother of Mercy, uh, and I, I remember not being able to get into it necessarily, but uh, thinking that it was. You know, uh, it's it's definitely his best band. I have no problem saying that. Um, uh, Bob Wilson's best band. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think maybe, uh, you know what? I should revisit because in principle, it's everything that I should like. Well, I think you should revisit at least the uh, LP on Six Feet Under. The LP on Bridge Nine is actually good too, and, and I'll revisit that. Um, more interesting to me, like we're talking... <gasps> Mother Mercy gets labeled as Bob's band, and they are. They're, they were. He was the singer of the band, and you know, he was up front. But um, also, they were Joe Kane's band before he did, and kind of concurrent when he did Super Heaven, yeah, Daylight and Super Heaven, exactly. So, oh, wow. so that I was going to ask if they went on to anything. Yeah, that through thread with Joe Kane is really cool because because I think what's and they that's a whole group of guys from Bucks in Montgomery County, like outside of Philadelphia, who. You know, also let down was a part of that scene. Um, Black Feather, all these, all these bands. There was War Pigs. There was this huge crop of bands who did a bunch of stuff that was, you know, like this kind of funny, like suburban PA thing that that eventually kind of informed what became a lot more. Like they, a lot of those guys obviously move into the city and what have you. But uh, but yeah, like Mother of Mercy was awesome. Um, I really like Daylight. I really like Super Heaven. Um, and yeah, it, can I find those stuff? Those your records on? Are they on are streaming, they streaming or, they or anything? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure 
that I'm trying to remember how it worked. I think I owed Dave Sausage money or something or needed money. And basically was like, hey, why don't I sell you these records and you can just do whatever with it? And uh, yes, and so they're available as one and two. The LP, That's okay. so it's it's kind of if, if the No Eden uh, demo, and then the uh, I don't even remember what the second what we called the seven inch, but the the two the demo and the seven inch are there as one and two, and then the LP yeah. that Six Feet Under did is three, and the LP that came out on Bridge Nine is four. four. So. Um, Give it a shot. I think you'd be into it. Yeah, I think I think it's got a it's got a fighter's chance. Um, all right. Uh, shout out to all those guys. Uh, we've got a comment here, and maybe we'll do like two or three more. I don't hear anyone in general talk about the last Downpressor LP enough. It's so good. Um, comments about Downpressor. I think that record is their best record. Oh wow! Okay. Um, I really, really, really liked it. The other stuff is dope too, but like that kind of hit me the be- the the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it came out at a weird time. Yeah. They, they didn't really play very often. And then fucking COVID, you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't really have a chance to do all. If they played more than 10 shows off that record, I'd be shocked. Yeah. There's also just, there's a band, there's a type of band or a position that bands find themselves in, in their career where they were never <clears throat> big bands. They were just respected bands. Yeah. And sometimes it is, really difficult to get any shine to your later material if you are that your fans are still going to check it out but it's really hard to even get a write-up if you are just respected uh like later you know like if you're just respected people will talk about you when you're when you're kind of like active in the thing but later people just kind of weirdly don't check you out it sucks yeah i i think um the last LP, which which I think is good, but but I I really like the the early material, which is a little faster and and it's kind of awesome because I think how they evolved is this really natural evolution from this like fast but heavy to just like heavy shit um, that doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like any of it just kind of skipped a step. Uh, the last record. I really compared and I, I I went back and revisited. I thought it sounded a lot like the band born from pain um, and just kind of had this heavy low end. And, and I think we, we did an episode where we reviewed a bunch of stuff and I was listening to the born from pain, reclaiming the crown LP and that, yeah, it's and, not far off at all. The new down presser really kind of lined up for me. Uh, great band. Honestly, let's see uh, deep cut down presser story. Um, the band's name originally was brass monkey. Uh, and I remember we were talking to them and we're like, yo, your band, me, Todd, maybe Riley was too. We're like, yo, your band's too awesome to have a stupid name. <laughs> you guys should change your name. And they changed it to Downpressor. And I was like, yo, that name is cool. I don't know, totally know what it means, but like, I have no idea what it means. You could, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, uh, um, video game thing. No, no, no. Rastafari. Talk. Uh, well, yo, I'm with it. It's, oh. it sounds like a drill press or something. Um, regardless it's a name if you google it you are only going to find them probably and uh pretty great they they kind of when they started they were sort of part of the same scene as violation and the spanability the santa barbara ventura county thing uh that had a lot of cool energy and like they just played shows and they were one of those bands who when they started they had like locals would come out and really show on for them and that was fucking awesome and it's 
it was cool to see how they continue to evolve and, and that they're still kicking now is, is uh, awesome. And the dude, Dan, who sings for Downpressors, is great. Um, One of the most insane intros ever. Yeah. the It's so good they, like, close with it. Yeah. The, um, like, they can't even play it first. No, they're, they're – um, the intro is, like, infamous. The backstory uh, – their first 12-inch, which came out on Street Cleaner Records, which was Todd Jones's record label. Uh, the cover art was done by this guy from the Bay Area who did a bunch of cool stuff, but I helped conceive it, and it's loosely, and because it was reinterpreted, a mix between the cover of Marvel Secret Wars number four, which has the Incredible Hulk standing underneath a mountain. Oh, that's right. I remember that's I was right. talking I about I told that. This. And um, I believe it's the back of might be the YDL seven inch, but, but it's an image of a man holding up a globe, like almost Titan ish. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Right, right, Very right. cool. Down presser, awesome. big fan, uh, cool band. Let's do one more. Let me see here. And then, yo, by the way, anybody who submits these, I'm going to, unlike when we did some shit on, on here where we got hundreds and hundreds of responses and lost them, I'm going to screenshot all this so we can revisit this well and answer everybody's shit. Um, Absolutely. Let me do this. Okay. Um, Sub-Zero. Let's do Sub-Zero. Uh, we definitely don't talk about them enough. So, actually, th- th- you guys can help me with this. Yes. Because uh, when we talk about Breakdown, I needed you guys to actually tell me what I was listening to because of the way that they've all been repackaged yeah, over the years. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And same thing with Sub-Zero. So I went looking for the, I think first seven inch, which I don't know. Is there like a fucking like ice tree on it or something? Like there's something weird on it. Yeah, it's Ice Age. It's Inner Journey, which is the label that put out the first Clutch record as well. Right. So which uh, Bob, I got this. I bought a uh, a Lament seven inch off of Cogs, and they the dude who sent it to me literally had the um the what you call it the 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 Inner Journey ad for like upcoming records and one of them was the clutch record i love it that's, it that's was cool. like in, in pristine condition the record is literally 30 years old that's so cool. that's cool Bless yeah. uh so i went looking for that the other day on streaming of any type <clears throat> and then am i wrong or was it repackaged as like as like did they put t- take two seven inches and put them together later and no okay so, so wh- what is the red record there's a, there's a red record Called happiness without peace. Thank you. So what that was, that was like they did like the all out war. Like yes, hey, we got these three songs that everybody really likes. We're gonna continually put them on a couple of records because people really like them, and like we want people that have never heard us before to hear those songs. Yep. So like, happiness without peace was on too damn hype. Probably like ninety five, ninety six. Yep. Um, has all the good songs from the seven inch on there. And then other stuff. So it was like, you know, the whole, like, you take your whole life to write your first record. Well, they did that. <laughs> Bless up. <laughs> and then, because those songs are probably four and five years old at the time when they put them on this record. Oh, for sure. Uh, if you like just, like, straight New York hardcore, that Happiness Without Peace record is so good. There's a song. The first song on the record is called Higher Power. Yep. It is legitimately... The best Chromex song that's not a Chromex song. Yo, um, yes, this record's good. 
I, it's a little all over the place. No, it, well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I really like, there was a record that came out, which is funny, came out on Stillborn in 2003 called Necropolis, City of the Damned, which yes. I don't know why I really checked it out, but I think I knew Sub-Zero from the 90s. I kind of, I was aware of them and like liked some of the stuff. There might have been some weird comp that had them on there, something but but like for some reason they kind of got into our like town lexicon. We, we were curious about bands like Sub Zero and Lament. Um, but I like this record too, Necropolis City of the Damned. Uh, that, it's heavy. It's a different kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. But and and probably not something that would typically be in my world. I think the Happiness Without Peace record. What it does is kind of it bridges the gap between '80s New York hardcore and '90s New York hardcore. Um, in a weird way it's it's not like like it's not super metallic but it's still like it's pretty fastball new york hardcore right um yeah but i think it bridges if there's someone who who like can tell who's like well i like the breakdown demos but not so much set it off okay maybe maybe check this point yeah yeah um and yeah, actually a band who I think there's some like low key cult fandom, but but doesn't get a more get appreciation that I think they deserve. I actually think this is a cool band who who like let's not make this record worth like fucking a hundred dollars, but like, you know, like th- this band is a cool band and like uh, 20 bucks. Cool. I'm looking at some of the seven inches. Wow. If you have a limited version of the seven inch, it looks like it sells for a lot of money. Weird. Weird. Damn. Oh, wow. This was, I just looked at it. Like, oh, I don't know. This I is like a $5 record forever. So, uh, I would have been comfortable at 15, uh, hundred. Nah, I'm out. But, uh, well, there's one not. here for $352. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I guess I'm not buying that. Right. <laughs> um, all right, uh, yo, we've got a bunch more here. Let's let's call it. Um, from from what Dave is telling me, Patrick, you have a phone call to Australia to get to. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, thank you for your listenership as always, uh, Bob. Thank you for putting that game together, mm. uh, crooked though it may be. Uh, you know, I, it's good radio. Tom's up fucking, next, and then Patrick, me. you're gonna have your uh, your next round up. We'll see if you can get a w i i have mixed feelings of uh, the citizens arrest in peace stupid Mm. all right uh goodbye take care of each other